Welcome back, finally, to the Dub Sub Podcast. Chris, we haven't talked in a while. The holidays got in the way here, but the Warriors didn't stop playing basketball, that's for sure, um, if that's what you can call it, at least. Uh, I think the last time we talked, Draymond was suspended indefinitely, so there's a lot to cover since then, now that he has been reinstated by the league and many other developments. High level, the Warriors are 7-7, seven and seven, I believe, since then. Uh, which, you know, it, on the on the macro level, that doesn't sound too bad. But the recent stretch of events has been really horrible. Uh, so we're going to get into that. Um, but, you know, how's your holidays? How you been? You know, everything aside from the being a Warriors fan has been great. Um, but you take in being a Warriors fan, and I'm, I'm about average now. That's how bad it's been. <laughs> um, yeah, like you said... Seven and seven without Draymond doesn't sound horrible, but you look at that we had an easy stretch come up and we went five and two initially with Draymond out, and then we had a seven game road road or uh, home stand where we're like, okay, let's get some momentum for the season. This is where teams you know build up their record, and two and five with some of the worst losses in like the Steve Kerr era. So. If you yeah. looked at it seven and seven, you'd be like, okay, we we survive. But the last seven games, you know, it's it's looking really bad. Yeah, I think this fourteen game stretch here has been like really instructive of what you know, telling you about what the Warriors really are. I mean, some pretty good wins actually. They like we mentioned, they won five games in a row. Um, they won against Boston in overtime, an awesome game. That was probably the best game of the year for the Warriors. And then Christmas rolls around and the win streak ends with a tough loss in Denver. Uh, but you know, the Warriors didn't play too poorly. Uh, actually, I think they should have won that game because the Nuggets weren't playing very well, but you know, overall you can't fault the Warriors for losing in Denver, uh, to the defending champions. But from there, that seven-game homestand that just ended with a blowout loss against New Orleans was horrible. We tweeted at the time uh, a picture of what the games were. It's It was versus Miami, Dallas, Orlando, Denver, Detroit, Toronto, and New Orleans. And we said, if the Warriors come out of this 5-2, and two, they'll be looking really good um, because then they would have been 20-16 and 16 overall mm-hmm. um or something like that 2017 yeah right so <clears throat> that would have been i mean that that was the opportunity to turn this season around and instead they went two and five the complete opposite uh and now they're se- sitting at 17 and 20 back-to-back blowout terrible losses they barely beat the detroit pistons the game before <laughs> that they blew yeah. the probably their worst game against the uh, denver nuggets uh, the game before that, where they were up 18 with six minutes left in the fourth quarter against the best team in the league and just completely choked it away. It wasn't just the loss. It was how they did it, too. Yeah. Barely scoring, getting dominated inside by you know Aaron Gordon and allowing wide-open three-pointers, just looking horrible. Um, so 
this brings us to kind of where the Warriors are, what's the state of the union. And the fact is they're not uh, a contender, obviously. They're actually not even a playoff team at this stage. Um, we have lots of stuff getting leaked to the media. Uh, we, I, What do you want to touch on first? you want to touch on the young guys or do you want to touch on kind of the core group and uh, what's been coming out in statements to the press? Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot to digest from what you just said. I quickly want to touch on that Yeah. Um, last seven games. I'm just looking at the box scores, and, and it's pretty obvious. I mean, you. I'm just going to say the opponent's scores from the last <clears throat> um, last seven games, and it's 132, 121, 130, 133, 141. It's like, okay, the defense has been atrocious, yeah. especially at home. I mean, you're giving up 141 to the Pelicans, 133 to the Raptors. It's right. it's crazy. And then also, well, the, I know we and on that lot. just quickly oh, yeah. on that quickly on the defense. The Warriors said at the beginning of the year they wanted to be a top 10 defense, and that's how they would be a contender. Right now, with their defensive rating, they're at 23, yeah. 23rd in the league. Um, they're in not only the bottom half, but they're bottom 20. So. You're, you're completely right to point out how they're just getting the doors blown wide open, um, letting stuff get to the rim, giving up wide open threes, all of that. Oh, I mean, the Toronto, I think the worst examples of that were the Toronto and Pelicans game. I, I mean, the Denver one was bad as well, just with Aaron Gordon walking to the rim. But the Toronto and Pelicans game, the defense, it was just wide open threes or right to the basket. And another thing I was going to say, too, is last time we talked, I compared the terrible losses to last season where there were situations where you're like, okay, that's the, the worst loss of the season. It, it can't get worse than that. And then the next day there's another worse, you know, breakdown or blow up or blown lead. Um, and, and we said that about this year, there was horrible, like, like, like there's been four games, I think where they've been 18 up 18 and, and blown the lead. And then, I thought the Denver loss, just with everything, with it being at home, with it looking so good through the first half and the third quarter. I mean, we looked probably the best we've looked all year in that third quarter. And then just to blow that the way we did, who was out there, and then what happened after the game, it's it's arguable that that's the worst loss of the season. So I want to yeah, say it a, can't get worse than point. that. Um, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, this, this team can surprise us. So... <clears throat> to wrap that all back with what you just said, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of quotes in the media from Warriors players, Warriors coaches. Uh, to start, I mean, we can start with the Kaminga and Moody quotes because that came um, okay. one directly before the Nuggets game with Moody, and then Kaminga's obviously was right after the Nuggets game where he sat the last 18 minutes and watched from the bench as they blow um, a big lead in a game where I thought he was looking probably the best he had all year um so just to start with moody i mean he he came out from jason dumont's which is just like um a beat reporter for the warriors saying that like moody uh, moody's team approached the warrior like uh, mike dunleavy in the front office saying you know is is moody gonna play here do you guys have a plan for him or if not we should trade we should get a trade going basically is what he said um and i don't really disagree with him and his thoughts so i know what was what was your thoughts when you first saw that yeah 
So I think that that uh, those comments came after the Orlando Magic game. Is that right? Um, because I think so. I think that was the second game in a row that Moody didn't play. Uh, so two straight DNPs for Moody, and that was leaked to the press. It, he's essentially requesting a trade um, in not so many words. And when this came out, I was sad, but definitely not surprised or upset because Moody has uh, been a professional, earned minutes with his play. He's looked good this year. You know, it's this is year three for him, and he's done his time sitting on the bench trying to his best to fit into the Steve Kerr system and play with, you know, the core three guys around him. Um just upsetting because it feels like his minutes and uh, role on the team has been completely mismanaged for the past three years. hundred percent. Um, I mean, the most egregious example of that was last year. And you could say that with Kaminga too. And I think that's kind of where all this, um, upset with the front office, upset with Steve Kerr from them comes from is okay. Their first year, you know, they probably understood like this is a team trying to, win a championship and they did win a championship um yep and they had good role players like gary payton in a better health situation than he has been this year Otto porter belly even damian lee a guy who and jta who have put time in in this league so that's understandable but then you fast forward to last year where some of those guys are gone and roles open up obviously there was a need for them um but steve not sure why, I mean, even looking back, but just <clears throat> Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb, 20, 25 minutes a game all season when they were just never going to be in the Warriors' plans. I don't know if he was sticking it to the front office for, like, getting rid of his good role players and trying to go young. Um, it's still not really mm-hmm. clear what happened with that situation. Um, so I think they're like, you know, we're lottery picks. Why are we getting DMPs when we're not even good and these bums are playing over us. And then this year, clearly there's been a need for athleticism, youth, um, in Moody's case, shooting. I mean, no one on the court can really shoot except Stephen clay. And you've seen it the past two games. Moody's had 21 and 21 points. Like the first time he's actually been able to play this season. So it's just, Moody's 100% I get. And then when we move over to Kaminga, that was after the Nuggets game. Obviously, we set the scene on that. Um, yeah. Thought one of his best so that games. Was, yeah. So, well, so also for Moody, it's rebounding too because we don't have a lot of size. And Moody's a pretty great rebounder. He crashes the glass on offense and he hustles on defense. So he does a lot of things well for the Warriors. But into Kaminga. That, this was the very next game after the Warriors yeah, it, blow it, that They, they came back-to-back days. Yes, <clears throat> back-to-back days, basically. So um, the Warriors blow this horrible uh, game to the Nuggets, like we mentioned. And Kuminga sat the last 18 minutes of the game. He was removed from the game at six minute, about the six-minute mark in the third quarter. Didn't go back in at all. Didn't go back into the fourth quarter at all. Um Meanwhile, the Warriors are completely choking the game away. And, you know, like you said, the Warriors played really, really well in the third quarter and even in the first half of that fourth quarter to extend the lead to 18. So, you know, Wiggins played pretty well that game. Um, but still, it was clear that 
size and athleticism was needed as we were leaking points and allowing, uh, you know, Sarich and, and Wiggins to kind of get dominated inside on the glass. Uh, but Steve Kerr didn't make the adjustment. So what comes out in the press is uh, Kaminga saying, well, sources close to Kaminga telling the athletic that uh, Kaminga has lost faith in Steve Kerr. <laughs> Yeah. Which is a mm. big deal. Mm-hmm. Pretty dramatic headline it was. Um, yeah. I oh, sent man. it to you and you said, is this real? You thought it <laughs> yeah. was going to be like one of those joke links that sends I mean, you somewhere you don't want to go? They knew what they were doing with that headline. Because yeah. that's, that's pretty dramatic. Um, I mean, I understood it when it came out. Just because that wasn't obviously just about the Nuggets game to be clear it's not like and i think people outside of the warriors fandom and circle see that from kaminga and they're like wow he gets benched for one game and comes out with an article no i mean this has been building for two years yeah Um, in the article it even said thursday night was the straw that broke the camel's back so it was like he's obviously been frustrated with kerr for a long time for various reasons but um Thursday night getting completely benched and then watching the team choke the lead away was what broke the camel's back. But what are your thoughts on if Kaminga's in the right or if, um, I mean, I don't know. Give me your take. Uh, I think for the most part he's in the right. Obviously, I don't agree with everything. I think one of the main things that he said was he's just not sure. Like, he's tired of the Warriors being not sure what the rotation is like his big gripe was that you know I could be playing well and then I don't play the second half or I can be playing bad and like play 45 uh, 35 minutes it's just really inconsistent and we've seen that this year I think the Warriors have started I don't know at least 15 different starting lineups this season and that's cool you know it's good to give people opportunities but at some point the NBA is about consistency and knowing your role. And I think that's one of the biggest issues on this team right now is no one knows their role. No one knows if they're going to play. Like, imagine being moody. You know, you DMP a bunch of games and then you get called on to play 25 minutes. I mean, we'll touch on it later, but that's probably how he got hurt in the last game is he's not playing at all this season. Then they're like logging him big minutes. It, It doesn't really make sense. And we'll touch on it too. I mean, that's, those are telltale signs for a trade probably needing to happen. But, um, yeah, so I agree for the most part, I'm just a little disappointed in Kaminga because he said this. And then that next game, I think he had the most season, he played the most minutes he had all season. And the very next game, he had six turnovers in the first half. And since that report came out, he hasn't really had a great game. So, um, if, if you shoot your shot like that saying, you know, here at NBA, I'm trying to put myself on the map. I want to make top dollar. I want to be a star. And then you follow up with like lackluster play. Um, it's a little disappointing, but yeah. for the most part, it I also agree is, with what he said. I don't know. I think it's also, I think I'm less uh, happy about it than you are. I, I get why Kaminga's mad because, because I understand his mindset, but I don't agree with his mindset. His mindset is, if not for Steve Kerr and this 
bad situation with the vets in front of him, he would be like averaging 20 and on his way to stardom. Mm. And that's where he wants to go. He doesn't want to be to accept the spot as a um, as a rebounder, as a guy who can slash and cut to the rim and also set good screens for the shooters around him on a winning team. He doesn't like it's clear he hasn't bought into doing that. He's had three years to do so. I I felt like there were moments this season where he did start to do that and he was actually rewarded with like wide open dunks and more playing time. But then he's like, All right, I'm I'm here, I'm here and then he starts taking like fadeaway like post up jumpers and um not trying as hard on defense or on the glass because he's trying to save his energy for, you know, getting buckets and that's a way to get benched. So, uh, I mean, personally, I've been lower on Kaminga than I think most of the fan base. Um, you, I think you had in our preseason article that we were going to be most disappointed with Kaminga because yeah. of the hype coming into the season for him. And I think that's playing out in real time. We're seeing it. He's not taking, taking the leap that uh, some folks wanted him to. And I think it's just time to move on. He's he doesn't have the right <laughs> attitude to be on a winning team personally. So I'm we're gonna get to our trade discussion, but uh, I'm in the pro trade Kaminga and get what you can for him camp. I think the hard thing is he's at a crossroads in his career. Um, I think he was drafted to a really good situation, obviously, um, but it just depends on his mindset for what kind of player he wants to be I think that if we were really good this year he would be more bought into the role that he needs to play on this team which he said is like rebounding point of effect uh point of attack defending and um slashing you know hitting an open three but in his mind the team's not even good and they're not playing well so why try to put the effort to play like that when he could try to play like Paulo Bancaro or, you know, Kyle Kuzma instead of trying to yeah. be like a Aaron Gordon or, you know, I don't know, another role player on a really good team. So I think that's the crossroads in his mind is, like, I was okay with doing that stuff if we're going to be winning and in the playoffs and everything. But now that, you know, we're the 12th seed in the West and we're playing like this still and we're getting blown out, like, why should I be playing like this? Is what yeah, I that, think is those are really good. Mind. Those are really good comps for him. Um, guys who who have the opportunity and space to get the ball in their hands and try to develop some skills, make plays, get to the basket, work on their shot. Um, that's like Paolo Banquero. Uh And then we saw what happened with Aaron Gordon in Orlando too. He like they drafted him pretty high. I think he was number six in the draft. So even a spot above Kaminga. Clearly a guy in that spot is expected to show what he's got and maybe make a big impact on the team. Aaron Gordon didn't really make a huge impact on the Magic. They didn't really win many more games with him on the team. But it was clear like, oh yeah, he's an NBA player. He's just not a star NBA player. He gets traded to Denver, accepts a role as the four-man, you know, the power forward next to Jokic where he is screening he's rebounding he's cutting and dunking and playing great defense and now he's thriving 
he won a championship. He's got he's gotten rewarded with a contract. He, um, you know, and maybe that's Kaminga's future, but his mindset is not there yet. Like I can see Kaminga becoming a type of Aaron Gordon player, right? He's got the he's got the body for it, and frankly, he's just not like his basketball IQ is not high enough for him to make a leap into like semi stardom, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I think. And and that's what people have said for a long time around Kaminga is he hasn't learned in this league yet that to be successful, he's not going to play like that. Um, and we've yeah. seen a ton of instances where players, like you said, Aaron Gordon, I think it's the perfect comp for him because he got to be on those terrible Orlando teams. And he's gotten to see what it's like to try to be the number one on a team and it wasn't successful. So you can live yeah. with yourself saying, I gave it a shot. I'm not that I've learned that. And I'm going to do this because that's how I'm going to be successful in this league. I don't think Kamingo's learned that because he's had kind of the opposite uh, scenario. He's tried to d- do that type of role on a team and they've lost, they've lost. So he's like, why, why should I keep doing this if we're going to lose? So, I mean, I understand your point of view as well. Like, <clears throat> not the biggest. I feel like he's just Kaminga. halfway. I feel like he's just halfway bought in. Can you like, blame him? No, I mean this this season's been. <laughs> there's a lot of factors. I don't think he's the only one not bought in to the team. Yeah, I just you know when I when I see him try to do stuff that looks like uh, you know Carmelo Anthony. I just think like you're not that guy, pal. You're just not that guy. Um, so. I I think Draymond being gone has had a lot of effect on him too. I think a lineup with Draymond, Kaminga, and then Steph Clay and someone else is probably mm-hmm. the best lineup for him to be in. Um, I think Draymond we'll would cover. <laughs> Will we though? I mean, <laughs> but yeah. Moving on from that, I mean, obviously that was probably the like biggest thing that came out in the news about this team was Kaminga's, um, you know, just frustration with Kerr. Kind of the first time yeah. in Kerr's coaching career, he's been really like called out in the media. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, I I, I can't remember a lot of times a coach has been just called out by name by a player saying like, "Well, there's um, been some." Um reports after KD left that he was mad with Kerr but that was that was after he left the team so and yes. I, I you know he's confirmed it in some ways but he hasn't been that harsh about it so yeah I don't know that's about it though that's the only thing that comes to mind yeah and then um you know just kind of the other news that we wanted to touch on is obviously we're recording this after the Pel- Pelicans game which is probably I'd say the low point of the season, I know I just started off this podcast saying, like, can't get any lower than the the Denver loss, which in in retrospect, I think that the Denver loss is worse than the Pelicans loss just because we should have won that game. Pelicans, we were going to lose regardless. We were down 25, I think, in the first quarter. Um, Yeah. But there was a lot of interesting quotes and takeaways after that game, Um, more if you want to touch on this, I mean, Kerr, Steph, Clay, kind of all had some. It was an interesting vibe on the team after the, after that loss. Um, yeah, well, it's more than I think. Just after this loss, I think um, 
in the past week or two uh quotes from steve kerr steph curry clay thompson have i think indicated they they're making a mental adjustment and understanding this team is not built to win and changes will be coming um you know kerr is saying he's still experimenting with lineups and uh Steph is, he said after this Pelicans game, if you do the same thing over and over again, that's the definition with, you know, no change in results. That's, that's the definition of insanity. Uh, and that was in response to a question about the upcoming trade deadline. <laughs> no, not really very subtle there. Meanwhile, Clay is remaining, you know, upset with the media when asked about things that make him un- uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So that's not great. Uh, such as fans booing and the other guy who we haven't talked a ton about but was briefly mentioned he's making his return soon Draymond Green he had kind of a podcast announcing his return essentially well Uh, well first he had a podcast announcing his return to podcasting because he just signed a new (laughs) deal to keep the Draymond show going which is I'm sure so that's the what news, the Warriors right? are fans are stoked on. Draymond, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you're back in I the podcast the game, baby. Let's go. I buried the lead there, man. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's great. Our competitor in the yes, podcasting game. Let's go. I guess. <laughs> Do you think he'll play a game first or podcast? Well, I guess he's already podcasted. He already podcasted, he so yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he's nice. not playing tonight against um, the Chicago Bulls, according to Anthony Slater. So if he, if he podcasts anytime soon, then maybe, you know, maybe we'll see that play out. Anyway, he he indicated, not, not even indicated, he straight up said on a podcast that after this, after he slapped Joseph Nurkic in the face and got suspended, he almost retired. He considered retirement, and the only thing that stopped him, apparently, from retiring was Adam Silver stepping in and saying, you're not going to retire. So, things are not great. Really? (laughs) That's my take. That's my take. That's a crazy take that you just had. Things are not great, man. Oh, Um, man. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we'll talk... talk about Draymond one thing I wanted to say before we got there it was just the biggest quote from me was obviously the Steph one saying like yeah insanity is doing the same thing which is Steph's way of saying need some changes because he's never really going to say that um with his chest and then Kerr also saying that he thinks this team has lost its spirit confidence and belief yeah not not a good thing for the coach to say um, no that was a big one too because he's always <laughs> Because uh, no, but seriously, he's said after some horrible losses, like this locker room, you know, remains united. This locker room uh, still has belief that we're going to be a good team. Like he said that after every bad loss, he's like, yeah, yeah the bad game, but we're going to bounce back. Like we have faith that we, we can be a championship team with this roster. That's after every single game. And after this blowout loss, the second in a row uh, to New Orleans, he says that we lost faith and we don't believe in the locker room right now. Saying that out loud, even if it was true but a while ago, but saying it out loud to the media is shocking. Yeah. I don't know if he's trying to like rally the troops with that or just be brutally honest. Um, 
but it's very it's a terrible sign um i mean the draymond stuff we can we can spend a long time on it's just i'm i honestly think a lot of bad from this season is because he just hasn't played like this team is pretty built around draymond obviously it's steph's team but Draymond makes everything connect just with his playmaking, with his communication on defense, um, his intensity. And his voice in the locker yeah, room, it's just, just on the floor in general. Yeah, in the huddle. You're right, you're right. But and it's hilarious because this was part of the problem last year too. His voice was um, stunted because of the Yeah, I mean, punch it's, it's clear it's, he's been the biggest reason the Warriors have been mediocre the past two years. Obviously, there's a lot of things as well in that. You know, the young players, the two timelines or whatever, not really helping. Um, yeah. Wiggins decline, Clay's decline, stuff like that. But uh, it's, it's true. He, he's been – he's really missed on the court and off the court, um, which mm-hmm. sucks to say because he hasn't give, given fans much reason to be fans of him this season. I mean – it's like kind of comical. Like we're laughing a little bit, just going over with Draymond. Like, bro, you're talking about (laughs) retiring and it's like just things you've done. It's not, it's not anyone's fault, but yours. And you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Poor guy just signed a hundred million dollar contract. And yeah, all you had to do was play, but you just like (laughs) had to punch your teammate in the face and then choke people out. I the one of the worst yeah. ones too was in Sacramento. Like, obviously the Go Bear one was bad. I think the the Nurkic one was like the least bad of all of them. Um, but that's what he got suspended like probably fifteen games for. Um, but the Sacramento yeah. one was just weird. Like he was upset about a non traveling call, then he's just going at every single official. He like clotheslines Malik Monk and is like <laughs> recreating the dribble in front of the refs and just like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That really showed me his like and mental. And then the stomp. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a different. It's a different stomp. story. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, I mean, I feel like we don't. We could talk yeah. about Draymond forever. I'm kind of over it. Um, with that being said, I mean, we've covered kind of the games, the losses, the mood around yeah. the team. Obviously, all indications that changes are need to be made. I don't really want to get into super like the details of trades and you know trade scenarios and everything that's a we'll probably have a full podcast on that in a week or so before the trade deadline but i mean just straight up who do you think needs to stay who needs to go because people need to go well i guess also setting it up um we mentioned draymond's returning hopefully soon that will be huge because also you know another vet who has been out the past few games and is out four to six weeks with a broken hand is Chris Paul. He's a major voice on the floor and in the locker room. Extremely yeah. smart player. Um, he's, you know, not the same guy. He hasn't been, like, super fantastic this year, but he doesn't turn the ball over. And again, I thought he's, he's been one leader. of our, be- like, better players this year, honestly. I've been surprised with you him. You know, he's been I, – I he's fitting in. He's – accepted the role off the bench he's his he's improved his three-point shot finally he's back up to 36 percent on the season which means recently he's been hitting a lot because he started so badly if you remember 
you know, averaging seven assists per game. Like, yeah, I agree. He's actually been solid, like really good backup point guard. Um, meanwhile, we also have lost Gary Payton for another month, maybe because he, uh, he sprained, strained his hamstring. Wow. Let me try that again. Strained his hamstring. (laughs) Strained his hamstring. Uh, (laughs) So that's like two games after he returned from that strained calf. Uh, So bad luck. And that's actually kind of a Rick Celebrini L, a rare Rick Celebrini L, the Warriors trainer. Maybe bringing back GP2 too early. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a freak injury, though. Like, Well, it's like you. that's what happens when you bring a guy back and he's not like in game shape. And so he's like extending his legs too much. After being idle for a long time because of his, you know, strained calf, but that, I, that's how I saw it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, and then now Moody. Speaking of strained calf, Moody has injured hmm. his calf and is out probably for a month or so. So you think that long? Wow. Well, I don't know. That's what Gary Payton was, right? That would be almost like horrible. Pulled if he's muscles. Out that long. Yeah. Yeah. Pulled muscles are bad, dude. They're really bad. They're hard to come back from because. Even when you feel like you're ready to come back, you're not. Your your muscles aren't strong enough, and they're weak. Uh, they're still you know, recovering, so you're yeah. more likely to re-injure it. Um, I mean that that's what happened. Also, was how KD like t- snapped his Achilles. Yeah. He came back from a calf injury too early, and his legs weren't uh, re-strengthened enough to play an NBA game. So you gotta be really careful with this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, hopefully, hopefully it's not as bad as I am saying with Moody. But if it's like a legitimate calf strain, then yeah, he's out for at least a few weeks. I mean, I just feel bad because you know he's been waiting all season for his opportunity. Yeah, which is in uh, retrospect, he should have been playing this whole time. I mean, Warriors fans yeah. have known that. Um, and you know, anyway, with CP out, GP out. His role finally opened up, but yeah, bummer. But anyways, we'll get back to it. Um, Yeah. Anyway, there was a report in the media that said the Warriors front office mindset is that everyone but Steph Curry is on the table for trades. Yeah. Um, Again, speaking of like the (laughs) the reaction to current events, I don't know who leaked this. I don't know if it's legitimate, but uh, do you love it? I mean, we have some pretty big players, big names, core pieces that are not mentioned there <laughs> so presumably they're on the table i mean what do you think about yeah. i mean that? obviously steph's not getting traded we know that um yes i would say it's probably 98 percent unlikely that claire draymond is traded i just think that you try some other options before you get into like breaking up the core mode um yeah agreed. but it's i mean i would say that two percent wild card is just dunleavy i mean he could just be a badass i don't know could not could just have balls of steel and be willing to do that but obviously that decision is going to be who do you think it would be do you think it'd be clay or draymond because their contract situation is very probably probably clay i think draymond's just wild card and contract situation would be tougher to trade i think clay would have more value right now yeah and he's Right, in the last like I yeah. guess, six months of his contract. so Trading Draymond um, right now would be insane. His lowest value literally yes. ever. Um, so it, they're not so trading Draymond. It, no, I agree. Also because I think 
as great as Clay has been in his career, and actually he's turned this season around. I think he's he's our second best player right now, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, he's been doing he's good. back up. I mean, dude, he's been really, really good recently. He's back up to 38% from three, back up to 17 points per game. Um, I think he's kind of turned his season around, which we were hoping he would. Uh, and But it's great to see. Meanwhile, you know, against the Magic, he was the primary defender on Bancaro and was kind of shutting him down, which was awesome. So I think Clay is having himself, you know, a nice stretch of games. And you're right, he would probably yield more in return in a trade. So I, I agree it would be Clay over Draymond, but I don't think either are going to happen. Yeah, so we'll, we'll lock those three out. Um, Th- that's a, you know that's important for future discussions about his contract situation if he does resign with the Warriors, though. So yeah, just yeah. log that in your memory bank. Uh, <laughs> but m- moving on from the core guys, um, some guys have disappointed this year. Some guys are young. Some guys have bigger contracts that could be traded. Well, um, I, was, I know you don't want to get too much into it, but yeah, go. Just go. I was just going to say, I mean, I've kind of flipped my opinion on this because okay, obviously there's clear candidates for trade. Like, let's just get that out of the way. Wiggins, <laughs> yes. Chris Paul, um, Moody. And Hicks why? Because and they have big contracts. Exactly. Chris Paul and Andrew Wiggins, they can be traded for more small contracts or another big contract. Yeah, so... Those are the clear ones. Um, when this first, you know, turmoil started happening, I was kind of just in a view, you know, trade machine stuff like that with just them. But now I'm thinking, and obviously with these reports, I could see the Warriors even selling high, like on Pajemski. I definitely could see them trading Kaminga now. I didn't, I didn't think they ever would, just because that's like Joe Lacob's project, and I think he yeah. likes him a lot. But I could see them. They might even just need to trade those players because I don't think Wiggins yeah. is going to have a lot of value. Um, so I do no, believe and- that kind of everyone besides those three is on the table. I mean, Gary's a perfect fit for this organization. I could see them trading him just for his bigger salary. Just He's been not able to stay on the court. I could see them even trading Looney. I don't think it's it's really likely but if we're gonna get a center depends like what you're reports, getting yeah if we're gonna get a center i could see them including looney so i think it is truly kind of everyone on the table probably except those three yeah everyone but the core is how i see it and um yeah exactly so it it depends some guys are more likely to be traded than others and it yeah. depends really what you're getting in return uh i think the most likely players to get traded are Kuminga, Moody, Wiggins, Chris Paul, probably those four. Yeah. And then up, up the chain a little bit, it would be like Pajemski, Trace Jackson Davis. Um, I hate to throw GP2 in there, but he's probably part of it. Yeah. And Looney. Uh, so you can actually put together some interesting trades with, with that in mind. You would have to basically pair one of the younger good players like for example Kaminga with uh, one of the bigger contracts in Chris Paul or Wiggins because you kind of have to get off those contracts in order to get someone good a lot of uh, speculation floating around about some stars or borderline stars that are available because of their own contract situations Um, for example 
on the Raptors. Pascal Siakam is a name everyone's talking about. Uh, same with Laurie Markkinen on the Jazz. And yeah. there's also a report recently that the Cavs are interested in Andrew Wiggins. So I don't know what they would be giving up to get him, but hmm. you know, I would think Jared Allen is like one of one of the guys. Yeah, I've been seeing be that on the timeline and stuff, but that trade doesn't make sense for me for the Cavs because he's been probably their second best player all season. And yeah, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And they're a Obviously, top ten defense, and he's yeah. a massive part of that. Yeah, I don't get why they would do that. Um, I would. This is I I I'm on the trade. A machine right now because I'm <laughs> sick in the head. Yeah. And for if they were to trade for Andrew Wiggins and we got Jared Allen, I th- like the the money makes close to some sense. I like, for example, you could do Jared Allen and Ty Jerome for Wiggins and Pajemski or something like that. Where, I just don't see why um, they would do that. That's. Uh... I mean, if if they're confident in Mobley as being a center and. A legitimate defensive anchor then they're just clearing space for him to get more minutes and have more of a role that's i mean i think the long-term fit with those two guys um doesn't really make a ton of sense yeah. even though it's it's working out decently like they're i think fourth or fifth in the east they're fine but if they want to open up the floor add another shooter and maybe that's that's why they would want for example wiggins like he could start next to these guys as a wing defender and a corner spot-up shooter. Uh, although, if they've watched him recently, it's not going too hot for him. But that's, I think, the theory. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's it. I've been on the trade month machine, too, like a sicko. Um, obviously, there's the clear names, like Siakam. Um, I think Lori is... Not really an option, but that that's a clear fit. Um, yeah, you got to look at the I Bulls. Would, I would you love gotta, to get him. I think he makes sense. You got to look at the Hawks. You got to. I mean, <clears throat> you got to look at teams where around this point in the season, there's either teams that are like going for it or taking a step back. You know, and I think that's where the Raptors are. The Hawks, um, like the Brooklyn Nets, are at a point like that. Um, yeah. I mean, the Jazz jumped us in the standings, so I don't know if you could say they're taking a step back, but we'll see. I mean, a lot can change in these next three weeks, um, but I'm in agreement with you. Like, I, the three will stay. I think they want to give, they want to reshuffle the deck around those three to see if they can snag something out there that can fit for this season and hopefully long term. Like, if they go big fish hunting and get Pascal Siakam, that's not like a one year type of thing. That's ride out Steph Curry's prime with him. So yes. there's a lot of like resign him in the yeah. off season for a full max probably. So you you're also talking about big money that also that has an impact on Clay's contract. So a, a, a lot will change. The thing is also if the Warriors want to make changes and they know they're not going to win this year, the trade deadline is one opportunity, but it's not the only opportunity. The off season no coming up uh they can they can choose to be patient if they want personally i really want them to make some significant ish moves at the deadline because you only have a few moments in the span of a year to to take some swings and if they like miss if they don't do anything at the deadline 
and then missed in the off season, it's another wasted year, just like what we saw this past year. They didn't really do anything at the last deadline. And then they traded for Chris Paul. They gave away Jordan Poole. They made some, um, you know, bench signings, which, I mean, Sarge has worked out fantastic. I love, I love him on the team, even though he's a bad defender. He's a great backup stretch big, but it's not enough to push them over into contender mode. Um, so now it's like, what do you do from here? You can't really waste many more opportunities with Steph Curry being like 36 years old um, and Clay and Draymond on the downhill. 100%. I would be shocked if they don't make a move this offseason. season. Not that I think there's a move yeah. out there that'll save the season. I just can't continue. I mean, even if the coach is saying the locker room's lost belief, lost confidence, I mean, the the, the cookie crumbles are there for that everyone is expecting a change. Um, so I'd be mm-hmm. shocked, but, you know, we can die. Obviously, that's, like, the biggest discussion around the team right now is, like, trade options and who you want to see go and stuff. I think we'll, we'll hop back within the next week on the podcast to – yeah. dive in deeper on that and um there'll probably be some more reports out there you know maybe wiggins might even ask for a trade he's sick of it i mean nothing would really surprise me with this team right now so um yeah you know just look Absolutely. out for that for sure um we'll be locked into that hopefully the warriors i mean kind of got a little rough road trip uh coming up but bulls game is winnable even though that they've been They've been playing really well. They have a better record than us, and they started out horribly. Um, oh my god, it's so pathetic that they have a better record than us. I mean, they're playing good right now. We're playing playing horrible. Um, so we'll see how these next couple of games go. Hopefully, we'll get Draymond back soon. Um, I just dropped an article on the Substack about this kind of whole situation and all the um, things that led to maybe Bob getting out of this a year early um kind of on the right timing of things because we're seeing it play out in real time so if you got some time definitely check that out and uh yeah anything you want to you want to add before we we get out of here yeah no the article was really good definitely check that out if you're looking for more content and we'll be back soon now that the holidays are behind us and more frequently so um stay locked Locked, in and we're locked in we're back lock in (laughs) lock in more than the pathetic warriors are because oh yeah (laughs) i'm showing up to do my job with passion yes (laughs) if you're gonna put out for your all right let's go yeah i love it here